0: If you would, turn to your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, we will continue our journey through this particular letter. And Peter's already shown us that as citizens of heaven, we are to live differently than those who are citizens of the world. Then he gets very specific as to what that looks like in 1 Peter chapter 2 beginning with verse 11 and going through chapter 3 and verse 12. We talked a few weeks ago, verses 11 and 12 of chapter 2 serves as an introduction to the rest of this section by reminding us that as Christ followers, with the Holy Spirit's help, we need to learn to develop self-control over our fleshly desires, as well as, that's what happens on the inside, As well as our dealings with a lost world on the outside, we're to deal honorably and with self-control and with respect to those that are on the outside that, that aren't Christian people. Then in the rest of this section, Peter gets even more specific by focusing on four different situations in which the Christ follower might find himself or herself. Chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, Peter discusses the Christian and the government. In chapter 2, verses 18 through 25, that's our text for today. We probably won't get through all of it, but we're going to jump into it and we'll finish it next week. That's the Christ follower in the workplace. In chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, the Christ follower in the home. And then he finishes this section in verses 8 through 12 of chapter 3 by talking about the Christ follower and his circle of influence, and we've already seen a word that's taken quite a bit of Peter's time uh, in this section, and that's that word submit, verse 13 of chapter 2 tells us to submit ourselves to the government, to submit ourselves, to submit ourselves, to put ourselves under the authority of the government, and He says the same thing in verse 18 of chapter 2. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable. If because of conscience toward God one endures grief, suffering wrongly, for what credit is it if, when you're beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Who himself, who himself bore our sins, and his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, For who, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep gone astray, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseers of your soul. Here, first of all, we see that just like we're to be submissive to the government, When it comes to our relationship in the workplace, we're to be submissive. And in Peter's day, the idea of this submissiveness was with servants or slaves. Some translations say household slaves be uh, submissive. Now, in Peter's day, understand that slavery was just an accepted norm. Uh, But slavery in the Roman Empire was different then the slavery that we saw uh, in the British Empire, the European world, in the 1700s and 1800s. In the Roman Empire, uh, slaves, families had slaves, but almost everybody, if you weren't royalty, you were a slave. Uh, and even doctors and lawyers were considered slaves in, Roman, in the Roman world. They would live with the family family, They would be a doctor for a family, or they would be a lawyer for a family, or they would work for a family. The closest thing in our world to what Peter's talking about here is an employer and an employee. So for our benefit, what Peter is telling us that when we are in the workplace, we need to be submissive to our bosses. The word submit means to put ourselves under the authority of someone. Uh, It is a military term. It means that we follow orders. We do what we are told. Uh, Also, we need to realize that being submissive, he says, servants, be submissive. Verse 13, therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance. Be submissive to the government. Being submissive is a voluntary action. Being submissive is a voluntary action. It's a choice. The choice of being submissive is not dependent upon the goodness and kindness of the one in position of authority. Notice Peter says in verse 18, Be submissive to your master. For us it would be, be submissive to your boss, your employer, with all fear respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. No matter how good, no matter how kind, no matter how hateful, our boss might be, as a Christian, we are to submit ourselves and treat that boss, that employer, with respect and with honor. There's something about respecting the position, you know what I mean? Uh, they, they are in a position of authority. Whether they do their jobs the way that they should or not should have no reflection whatsoever on our attitude. We can't. We don't have control over our bosses, right? We don't have control over our government. Uh, other than to if we don't like the way they're governing to elect new ones and I encourage us to to go to the polls and do that get involved but their actions don't reflect what our action ought to be we don't have the right to say well because my boss is mean and hateful I'm going to do what I can whatever I can to sabotage him and and get him out of here uh, because my boss, doesn't know what he's doing. Some of us have probably worked for incompetent bosses if you've worked for any, any length of time. Uh, even in that situation, our job as a Christian is to respect and show honor and to do our job. There's a reason for that here in a minute. The choice of being submissive is not dependent upon the particular situation. Maybe easy circumstances. Sometimes it's easy to submit. Because if we do what we're supposed to do and we submit, maybe we'll get a raise or maybe we'll get a promotion or or maybe we'll get a better position within within the company or within the business or within our workplace. But we're to be submissive whether we get anything out of it or not. Our, our, Our command, and it is a command, by the way, to be submissive is not dependent upon the circumstances. And also, our choice of being submissive is not dependent upon the position or the title of the one that's in authority. I find myself as an employee of the state of Tennessee. My ultimate boss in the state of Tennessee is Governor Bill Lee. Uh, I've met Governor Lee on several occasions, and, and i I give a report every month that goes directly to the governor's office. But working for the Tennessee Department of Correction, I'm also report to Lisa Helton, the commissioner, and also uh, and my, another boss I have is the warden, and another boss that I have is the associate warden of rehabilitation, and the associate warden of security i got plenty of bosses. You ever worked in a situation like that? There's no shortage of bosses here and there? I don't have a right or I don't have the choice as a Christian worker in the workplace to say, well, I'm going to submit to the warden but I'm not going to submit to the warden of treatment or I'm going to submit to the governor but I'm not going to submit to this person. Our choice to submit, our command to submit, is not based on any of that. Notice what Peter tells us in verse 19, for this is commendable if because of conscience toward God one endures uh, endures grief, suffering wrongly. Look back at verse uh, 16, chapter 2, verse 16. We are free, yet we're not supposed to use our freedom, our liberty, as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Now, here's what we're not supposed to do. Our boss tells us we're supposed to do a certain thing. We're not supposed to say, well, you know what, I'm a child of God, and my citizenship, my relationship with God, trumps my relationship with you, so therefore I'm not going to cut out the light. We had a boss when I was working for McDonald's that told all of his general managers that when we left the manager's office, that we were supposed to turn out the light. Well, a co-worker, a co-manager of mine from another store, he said, you know, this is stupid. He said, uh, actually, if you leave the light on, it uses less electricity than if you turn it off and turn it on and turn it off and turn it on. I said, you know what? That might be so. I said, I said Bob, I said, what did Mr. Carter say we were supposed to do when we left our office? He said, turn off the light. I said, can I make a suggestion to you? I said, you need to learn to practice some coordinating moves. He said, what do you mean by coordinating moves? Well, what I mean is when you leave your office, you better coordinate your hand to put that light switch off. That's what he told us to do, right? We are submissive to the government. We are submissive and to be submissive to our employer, because we are servants of God, we represent God in the workplace. I do not want someone looking at me in the workplace and saying, I can't believe Christians are going to act that way if we're rebellious and don't do what we're supposed to do and don't work hard. We give an example. Our role as a Christian Our witness is dependent upon our action. It's one thing for me to say I'm a Christian, it's another thing to act like it, right? So we're to be submissive not only to the good and gentle bosses, but also to the harsh, the mean ones. For this is commendable or finds favor, if because of your conscience toward God. Now I want to ask you a question. This phrase, conscience toward God, How many of us are conscious, and how conscious are you when it comes to awareness of God's presence with you as you walk through your day? Do we understand that as Christians, the Holy Spirit lives in us? When I was growing up, my mother, if I would do something bad, you know what she'd say? She'd put her hands on her hips like this. And she'd say, Andrew Clayton. I knew I was in trouble if I got the Andrew Clayton, you know, got the whole name. The only time the only time you see the whole name being used is when your mother used it when you were in child and you <coughs> become a serial killer. <laughs> Watch the news. If somebody's on the news and they killed somebody, they'll they'll put the blast the whole all three names on there. But she'd say, Andrew Clayton. She'd say it just like that. She'd scrunch her nose up and look like that. And she say, Andrew Clayton, what if Jesus came back and caught you doing that? You know, that's a good question. But as I got older and read Scripture and got to understanding the way the Holy Spirit and Jesus and all this works, did you know that everything we do, God sees? As we go through our life, when I'm riding in my car and that lady cuts me off, Jesus hears what I say. You want to know even one better than that? Jesus hears what I think. (laughs) When I'm driving to work in the morning and I'm in the right-hand lane and there's a semi-truck going 66 miles an hour and in the left-hand lane there's another semi-truck going 68 miles per hour He's not going fast enough to get around the one going 66. So we're stuck and nobody's going the speed limit. Jesus knows what I think. And you know what else? When I lay on my horn, which I have been known to do at times, more than I would want to admit, that truck driver hears what I think too. I forget sometimes that I'm representing the Lord. And I forget sometimes he is right there with me. I got news for y'all. He's right there with y'all too. Amen? Amen. We need to be conscious of God being with us. If if we could learn to be conscious of God being with us, do you think we'd talk differently? Do you think we'd act differently? Picture yourself holding God's hand. As you go about your day. Would we talk differently. Act differently. Would we treat people differently. Would we smile at people. Would we encourage people. God is with us. Be conscious of God. Be submissive to your boss. Be submissive to the government. Be submissive in general. Because we're going to find this term. In all four groups. That Peter talks about. He uses that word submissive. Humility is a hallmark. ...of Christian character. In case you didn't get that, I'm going to repeat it. Humility is a hallmark of Christian character. We need to be conscious of God's presence. We need to be submissive to others. Our bosses, governments, our family... ...our neighbors, our friends... ...the people in Food Saver. We need to look out for their needs above our needs... Because we're servants of God, y'all. That's who we represent. Sometimes, and yesterday, uh, I had a a shirt on for a while that said, Forgive and It had a Bible verse on the back of it. And I like to wear shirts like this because it makes me think I better watch what I say. And I better watch how I act because somebody can see this and It helps me remember I'm a representative of God. Helps me be conscious that God's with me. And notice what he says about this in verse 20. And by the way, our our choice to be submissive, I gave you a lot of reasons why, what it's not based on. It's not based on the character of our boss. It's not based on the circumstances. It's not based on the title The choice to be submissive is based upon our relationship with God. We're we're his servants. We belong to him. And notice that it says that we gain God's favor. That word commendable in verse 20, and it's also in verse uh, 19. It's commendable. It gains God's favor. We don't gain God's favor by being punished for our wrongdoing. Notice verse 20. For what credit is it when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? In other words, I want to use an illustration. There was a time in my life where I had a lead foot. I. Speeding tickets. Mm-hmm. What if I were to whine and say, you know, I'm going broke because I'm paying all these speeding tickets. I don't have any money because all my money's going to traffic school and to traffic court and to the county because I'm, I'm having to pay for. Y'all, we don't get credit with God for that. Dave Ramsey says that, that, that that's paying stupid tax. Uh, I, I've paid a lot of stupid tax in my life. We don't get credit for that. But what we do get credit for in God's eyes in verse 20, when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. When we are punished for doing good or standing up for God and his ways, God sees us. Did you know that... Unless you live under a rock, you know this. Standing up for God and God's ways in today's society is not very popular. And it's becoming less popular. I was reading my Twitter feed this morning, and a Christian put, on, or a company put on there about a game to help you learn to witness to other people. It's a card game that you draw a card, and like one card would say, what would you say to a person that say they don't believe in God? Or another one said, What would you say to a person that uh, doesn't know how to be saved, doesn't know how to, to, to make themselves right with God? And then several people underneath that in comments, and several of these people I know profess to be Christians, they said, Well, if somebody doesn't believe in God, that's their business. We just need to let them. It doesn't have anything to do with us. We all let them believe whatever they want to believe. Y'all? Yeah. If a person doesn't believe in God and doesn't know what to do to be saved, they're going to be lost and going to hell forever. And we have an obligation to talk to folks about that, whether it's popular or not. As God's servants, we have the obligation to stand up for what's right. You know why our country's gotten in the shape that it's gotten in and why our world's gotten in the shape it's gotten in? It's because Christians didn't stand up for what was right, not just today, but way back yonder. When somebody said they thought it's a good idea to take prayer out of school, we should have stood up and said so. When people started saying marriage, they started defining marriage in a way opposite of what God defines it. One male, one female. Christians should have stood up and said, "Wait a minute! God says this is what marriage is. God created them male and female. That's what gender is." We can stop us. It's pretty easy to stop a snowball while it's little. But where we've gotten as a country, that snowball not only is rolling, it's rolling and it's on the edge of the cliff, getting ready to bring an avalanche on our country, and. We need to, but now, we need to try to stop it. But you know what? As Christians, it starts with us. And that's a whole other sermon. And I don't want to preach that sermon today. But we need to understand that if we stand up for God and his word, when somebody has something to say about it, we're respectful. We're kind. We tell the truth. God sees how that person treats us. God sees how we're treated. What do we do when someone treats us hatefully? What do we do when someone treats us spitefully? What do we do as, to use as an illustration, somebody slaps us on the cheek? i will have to come back next week to find out. <laughs> that's what we're going to pick up next week. We have an example. How many of y'all have ever heard the phrase of the question, what would Jesus do? You know, used to back in the '80s, people had the bracelets. What would Jesus do? And there were little charms, little. What would Jesus do? Well, we're going to ask that question next week. What would Jesus do? And you might be surprised. Come back next week. But can I encourage you this week to, as we leave, leave this building. Go out into the world. Wherever you're going, whether it's to work, whether it's to school, whether it's to food savers, senior citizens, wherever it is you're going, remember God's with you. Think about yourself holding God's hand while you go about your day and see if it makes a difference in your life. Just just do an experiment. Because y'all, for me, when I've been able to do that, it makes a difference. I walk closer to the Lord if I think of the fact the fact he's with me. And it makes it easier for me to deal with the stuff that comes up. Because we're going to have stuff comes up. Come up slow drivers, crazy bosses. God will help us y'all. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us. And I just pray that you would help us learn to be submissive in our relationships. And by submissive, help us to understand that being submissive and humble doesn't mean weak. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labored and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For I am meek and lowly in heart. We understand that Jesus was not a punching bag. We understand that Jesus was not weak, but we understand that Jesus humbled himself and submitted himself. Because he understood he was representing his father. And help us understand that when we are humble and we humble ourselves before others. And put others ahead of ourselves. That we're not being weak. That we are following the example of our Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mike, Dexter, if y'all come up again. It's the first of the month. On the first of the month, we take communion. We already passed it you. I'm going to sit down again. Thank you. See, I need help sometimes. And I need it with alarming regularity. It's the first of the month. On the first Sunday of the month, we, here at Old New Hope, we take communion. Uh may call it communion. You may call it Lord's Supper. Uh, we invite anyone that is a Christian, that is a Christ follower, to uh, participate with us. Uh, this communion is taken for a couple of reasons. Number one, it is taken to help us remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. We're going to have a lot to say about that next week. Uh, a, a big chunk of next week's lesson will be about the sacrifice that Jesus made for my sin and for your sin. But a second reason we take communion is to celebrate the fact that we are all part of Christ's body. That we, that it is a blessing. You guys are a blessing to me. Uh, y'all, y'all just don't know. Uh, y'all send me a card or put on Facebook. We're thinking about you, praying for you, whatever. Send me a text. I I appreciate that. It, it's helpful. It helps me. And I'm just so fortunate to be part of a church like this. Y'all are y'all are terrific. Uh, and this communion is something that we do together to celebrate that relationship, not only that we have with Jesus, but that we have with each other as the body of Christ. Let's take our bread and let's pray. A Father in Heaven, thank you for this bread, which To us as Christians represents the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as we partake, I pray that we would do so in a worthy manner. Always remembering the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf. As we think about the fruit of the vine, when I was a little kid, I, we, uh, my mom has been cleaning our church building for probably 50 years now. And part of her responsibilities in the Church of Christ faith that I grew up in, we took communion every Sunday. And uh, part of her job was to uh, clean up after the communion. And uh, as we had the in little individual cups that we that we pour. That's what we used before COVID. And uh, I always thought it was pretty cool to get to drink the grape juice because once it got poured out, you couldn't. But y'all, this is more than crackers and grape juice. This represents the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And we really need to realize it's a serious matter when we take communion. It's not just something we do because we're supposed to do it every so often. It's a blessing to be able to do this. Jesus Commemorated his this communion when he told his apostles that you will take this until I return. And 2,000 years later, we're still, we are still taking communion. And if the world stands for another 2,000 years, Christians on Sunday morning will be meeting to take communion. But one day, when we get to heaven, we're going to get to have communion. I can't wait to have communion in heaven with you guys and letting Jesus Christ do the serving. Won't that be cool? That's about Our Father in heaven, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for your plan that you put in your mind. You thought about it before you ever created the world to save a lost world, to save people just like me. And as we take this Lord's Supper, I pray that we would never take the blood of Jesus Christ for granted. But help us realize how serious sin is. Sin is so serious that it cost you your only son. And it cost Jesus his life so that he could buy us back from the clutches of sin. And we never take that for granted. And as we Drink this fruit of the vine this morning. I pray we would drink it in a worthy manner. And help us to realize how blessed we are to be adopted into your family.